You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtel. And today we have a, a very special guest with us, um, our friend, the Reverend Chrissy Reeves Pendergrass. Uh, she's going to come on and she's got some really cool things um, going on uh, and coming up. And we want to uh, welcome you on, Chrissy. Thank you for, for being on with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited absolutely. to be here. Wonderful. Well, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and kind of what you're doing? Hi, I am um, the solo pastor at Gilbert United Methodist Church in Gilbert, South Carolina, which is just outside of Columbia. Um, and I am a clergy couple. So um, I walk that unique road of being pastor and pastor's wife. <laughs> Not really certain if I'm good at either, but, <laughs> you know, we try. Um, and I am, I would say I'm a fierce advocate for women's issues, particularly domestic violence and sexual assault. I have um, experiences in those things, both personal, like as a person and as a pastor. Um, and I ha- am looking at starting my own podcast with my friend Adam Baker, um, dealing with the intersection between theology and mental health. So um, look forward to that. And <laughs> in the coming months, we're going to be talking about um, issues in mental health and where the church is good and where the church is maybe not so great at it. So. And that's Wonderful. such a big, that's such a big deal. Um, you know, cause, um, I know there's such a huge stigma within the church in regards to mental health. Um, and I think that that's a hard thing, like to really be open and honest about it, talking about how therapy is actually a healthy thing and, and stuff like that, where it's been demonized in some circles of Christianity. Um, and you know, just pray it out. It'll get better. I mean, I can't tell you how many times yeah, I've heard yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's a faith issue and not a, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I'm glad that you're willing to shed light in that corner. Um, what are some things like that you're planning on kind of some things you're planning on talking about in regards to this podcast? Um, well, I think we're going to, we know a lot of, a lot of really great people who, um, have written books. So we're going to look at like have conversations with people who are, advocates for it. Um, and Adam is a, was a counselor um, first, and I have a degree in psychology. So, so we, I think we bring a kind of unique perspective of that. Um, but we want to just talk to people mostly about um, where they find that their health is, that their faith and their mental health can be, you know, like where kind of interlocks as to making them a, like a healthier whole person, um, both as a spiritual person and as a, just an operating person in the world. So I think we're, we want to talk to professors, church leaders, um, pastors that also are dealing with mental health issues and kind of breaking down that stigma that if you have this, you can't be a person of faith because here are people that are leading in faith-based places um, who also deal with these issues. Right. And, th- and that's such an important conversation because as, as pastors, not only do we deal with our own issues, right? Our own spiritual and our own mental uh, what issues. issues. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's what it is. Like, what issues? You, you work one day a week. Come on. Right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. One and, day, uh, maybe four hours. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you preach for 25 minutes. Uh, no. <laughs> but but not only are we having to deal with that, but the past pastoral care aspect of it and, and meeting with people and hearing their stories 
um, sometimes being first responders um, and hospital visits and uh, just in, in the crisis of people's lives, being that person uh, that, that those folks come to, that's a heavy burden to carry yes. in, in yes. ways, it very, ways, very much weighs heavily on someone's heart and soul and mind. And, um, and it's not that, and, and don't hear me say it's not what we want to do. That's it's exactly who we want to do and what we want to be, right? Uh, but we have to have something as pastors, a place to go just as much as everybody else does. And so to open up that conversation is huge. Well, and I think most people misunder, like, don't think about how hard it is to hold that confidentiality piece right. too, because like, how do, you, how do you decompress these things that aren't yours to share, mm-hmm. that someone shared to you in the place of God? Right. So, so what, do you, what do you do with that when you're carrying not only your own crap, but you're carrying other people's, because that's your job. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you how do you function in that when you can't say a lot of it? And that's where a therapist I think can be really great because they are bound by that confidentiality also. Right. So you have you have a space where you can share and talk. Um, once again, I mean, uh, just having someone who holds your confidentiality I think it can be really for me it gives me peace of mind. Well, I think that that's the key. Um... I think far too often, and this is a conversation my wife and I have on a, on a consistent basis, you know, she's like, so what's going on? Like, I can't tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are things that I would love to tell you, but I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to look at this person in a different light than what I have, you know. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. And I think it's a clergy couple. Oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a clergy couple. Yeah. Having, uh, <laughs> it's like, that just sounds Wes like. Wes and I joke that there are a lot of secrets in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and that's good because they need there are secrets to keep, right? Yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, like I know that it's always hard to have that kind you know, like you you know, you'd love to be able to go home and, and just, you know, when someone says, How's your day? and you're like, Man, I would love to tell you how like what I'm processing <laughs> right now, but I can't tell yeah, you a single I thing. And so you. um and so that's always hard. Um and so, you know, that's I think that I mean, I would be intrigued. I mean, I really need to look at that Duke study where they looked at pastoral health and you know, the correlation between our obesity and all that other, you know, health yes. issues that we deal is because we take that internally. And so that's not a healthy thing to take it internally and not let it out and let it, you know, you know, go do healthy things, you know, pastoral care, self-care. If we don't self-care, um, man, I, I mean, I've just seen too many people burn out because of lack of self-care. I don't think it's just burnout though. I think we have to worry about, I mean, I think it, it it, it does slowly become like a sin issue almost, right? Like you're carrying all this and you just can't. And I think yeah. so many times we find ourselves trying to cope with that in other ways that are just really not healthy. Um, like at clergy orders, we were dealing with a couple of months ago, we actually, they, they bought a subscription to something where we, we answered on our, like confidentially on our phones and it put like a word cloud up of what our responses were, which I thought was really great. And one of them was, what kind of things do you like what advices do you struggle with and the big ones were food which i thought was really insightful um food pornography was was huge um and the other was like not being great with money so they became it became like like the mental health aspect came down into these really destructive health patterns inside of as pastors. And I think that it's morally imperative that we, we take care of that. So I think it does affect our own heart. Mm-hmm. And then that, that damages our witness, our ability to sit and be with people. 
um, our marriages, our our lives, you know, like it just it just starts to eat at us because we just can't we can't hold it all. Right. Well, and I think that that's where you know even you know, your podcast is a great idea. It will be a great I think tool and conversation at least for people to listen to to understand that like you know we as pastors like you know there's a reason why we need a day off. It's not mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not so we can go and you know have you know go have a whole bunch of fun or you know it, it's so we can you know really if we do it right we can decompress from the the stresses of the work week um and and there's a reason why going going to those clergy events is so important not just so that way we can learn something but so we can you know if it's a good event and it does some spiritual things that will spiritually fill you um i think that those are key factors in in helping us be healthier clergy and I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, you know, people don't do those things that I know that I are dear, near and dear to my heart. And I'm like, man, you really need to go to these things. This, this will be really good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, and we've, we've lost Sabbath to day off. Like we, we've conflated the two and they're not the same. They're just not. Um, okay. I think one of the most countercultural things we can do as Christians is to Sabbath and rest. Right. <laughs> Um, God did this for a reason. It wasn't because God was tired. It was because God knew we would be. Right. <laughs> well, and, and there's an intentionality behind a Sabbath as opposed to a day off, right? Because uh, a day off, we're still, there's still that. I do my laundry, you know, I, right. yes. Right. I do puzzles with my son and that's good. Those are all things I need to do, but it's not the same thing as it, being. It's not the them. same thing, right? And, and even so, so here in, in our conference, um, there's been the intentional push of, hey, we, we know many of you are serving multiple point charges. Um, Mm -hmm. You're running, running, running. Uh, Some of you are bivocational uh, in a lot of our lay pastors. um, And then our our elders and and local pastors are, again, serving two, three churches, uh, four churches in some places. And um, the intentional push is we know that's hard to take time off from. We know that's hard to, to get your Sabbath in. But there you have to we you, you have your vacation right you have your vacation time but you also red book discipline have built-in sabbatical time mm-hmm. if you take anything you will take your sabbatical time we will be checking um and so it's the intentional push from the bishop to say i want you to take care of yourselves this is important and um that that goes a long way when your leadership speaks up and says yeah. i hear you i see you here are my expectations, and it's to rest. I want you to be the best pastors that you can be and, the, and, and lead in ways. And if you're tired and burnt out and just weighed down by life, you can't do that. And so here's my expectation, rest. You know, and, and if, you know, this two weeks, if this sabbatical is all you rest, that's what you, you have to do that, you know. And if you can get the rest in, wonderful, but I understand, you know. I also think that it's really important for us to make space with clergy to say, you know, like crap happens in your life too. And you have right. to take care of your crap. Right. You know, like um, I've just, I've known pastors who lost a parent and immediately went back to work. You know? Right. Uh, right. And, and like, you're not even in that space um, to do that. How can you, how can you, you know, so I think making it okay and kind of like, changing the structure where it's all right for us to say, you know, I just need a little bit of space so that I can be a person and heal. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, I I think the struggle though, is how much the, the 
the church yes. has become so institutionalized in regards to, you know, my gosh, you got to work your 40 hours. And, right. and we really know that you're working more than 40 hours, but my gosh, you better. I would love to work 40. <laughs> yeah, 40 would be, you know. Sounds like a dream. Um, you know, that's, that's a pipe dream, you know, and, and I'm, you know, you know, this week alone, I've had to be at the church at least until nine o'clock every night this week for various things. And, and I, I hate the, like, those years are so draining. And so what I did last week, I wasn't preaching last week. So I was able to, I mean, I had the luxury of like, I actually did really do 40 hours <laughs> and it was kind of like, wow, so this is what that feels like. You know, it actually felt good to, to get some rest. Your hair was probably shinier, you know, <laughs> well, the, the, the scalp was definitely a little bit, you know, felt a little bit better. <laughs> I, I do not have the much hair, um, but uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's the reason the glare would just kill you. Um, he turtle waxed it last year. <laughs> yeah, the, I had time. I had the time to take the. the owl and really um, I like how in the bearded theologians, there's more hair on your face than there is on your head. Like I like. It's very that. intentional. Uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Are you over uh, yeah, so I think that like those healthy things, and I think the biggest thing, and this is this is you know Zach and I have talked about this a little bit. We've got to laugh. Yeah. I think we take ourselves too seriously. Yes. Like I can't tell you how many times I walked into a clergy room and it's like, man, these, these guys are and guys and gals are so puckered, you know, they're going to explode. And it's like, I want to tell a joke. And if I tell a joke, they're going to yeah. think I'm not taking this seriously. And I'm like, right. you know, comedy actually is one of the best truth telling things that we can have. I mean, yes. and, totally. and, you know, I'm really good at, pointing making fun of something but in a truthful way and just like, <laughs> yeah. like I have that gift and I'm like I really believe that that this humor we, we've lost the holy humor of yeah. life and mm -hmm. we're, we're too afraid to, to crack a joke and um you know I had I've had this is the first church I've had where I've had the comment you know you need to be more serious mm -hmm. in your sermons and I'm like um no <laughs> um, I, I feel like my approach is my way it's who I am it's my voice it's the voice that God has given me and I will tell at least one to two jokes not necessarily intentional dad jokes but just right. you know will, hey, you this is, tell, wait you only tell two <laughs> <laughs> well too intentional that doesn't oh, mean that other things aren't, aren't funny got it that um, makes me feel better <laughs> um, but the intentional you know like I've got my two this week I'm, I'm feel good and I know there's right. others but and, and I think that that's it like we, we have to, like, even in our congregations, you know, have a, an atmosphere of laughter. Because I think far too Have you ever hung out with hospice nurses? They are the darkest, funniest people you've ever met. Yeah. Right. right. And I mean, yeah. they joke about things. You're like, can you say that? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, and, Why? And, because this is how they're coping. Why can't we do that? Because we're right. sitting in those same spaces. Well, I think that's what's been funny for Zach and I. So Zach and I, we hang out with these guys on Xbox. We play Xbox with these guys. And like, they're shocked at like husband. how how hilarious we can like they're like you guys can talk about that like that's you know you're okay <laughs> I, with I, I literally said to my secretary yesterday morning i said if i wasn't a pastor i think i'd be a stand-up comic oh, <laughs> like, without a doubt so isn't that I'm the dream sure right that different. right <laughs> so so pastors either want to be comedians or rock stars right and comedians want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be comedians we just get the best of both worlds <laughs> Because I kind of feel like I'm all of those things. <laughs> right, right. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, I've got the guitar sitting back here that I can't play, but I have it because it makes me look cool, right? It's the rock <laughs> star. 
dude i have i have a bass a guitar a and a and a jambe in a corner a that haven't been moved since i moved here last year so that just shows you what i think about every day uh, and i think that that's the key is that you know with mental health uh it is about creating a space of safety yeah. um and, and a safe a, a, a place where we can say you know acknowledge our brokenness and i and i really believe within yes. the church we have failed to do that and i think that that's led to some of the other problems that we have um and and you know we could that's that's a, just a whole other podcast that we could talk about that um but you know i i thank you for the work that you're doing on that because i think it's huge i i really do believe that that you know that's the thing that we've been talking around here is how can we're in, i'm in one of the poorest communities in oklahoma so that you know that puts it even in the upper echelon of within the united states and and so the thing that i've been talking about is how can we look at mental health like who can we you know who can we partner with to offer some things through the church to say hey you know your addiction or you know your grief or you know yes. those things like and and it's so i think it's so new that people don't know how to respond to it um Especially in our in our kind of Southern Baptist culture that we have here in this town, uh, it, that's gonna it's this is gonna be a little rough to get it going. But I really feel like if we can hone some of the some space for for mental health in our congregation, uh, we're gonna be able to help some people that wouldn't have had help otherwise. Um, and and I'm really hoping that we can get that off the ground because I I I think mental health is so key. Um, and and how we're gonna really get healing in this world is to address those issues and just acknowledge it. I mean, not even just addressing it, just acknowledging it um, is, is huge. Which feels really sad to me that we have to, because I mean, if you look at in scripture, there's so many mental health issues, like right. it abounds and Jesus heals, right? Like demons. And there's a lot of conversation about whether or not these are demons or is this some sort of mental illness, right? Like, like the man with the pigs, right? Like, like, is that schizophrenia? I mean, it could be all kinds of things. And, and so he spoke into that. And so it seems really strange to me that we don't. Well, and, when that's and that, oh, go ahead. what Jesus would do. Right? Right. right. Well, and that's the thing that our culture has done, right, is uh, uh, not even the culture, it's the church. Let's, let's blame the church here for a minute, that we've looked at depression and anxiety and um, other mental health issues, right? Whether it's schizophrenia or whatever, right? We've looked at those things and said, oh, it's a faith issue. You know, yes. if, if you just pray more, if you just, you're not living right. <laughs> you know, we, we tell people. <laughs> yes. And when I say we, I don't mean anybody sitting <laughs> this room it's <laughs> are you are you confessing here zach i am uh <laughs> but we've we've looked at people and said no you're depression and anxiety you know your uh your mental state is all because of you and your lack of faith mm -hmm. and yeah we're just told people that for far far too long which is really the, arrogant oh my god also. right right well i mean it's arrogant to say that that these things could even be controlled by them it's like this arrogance of humanity that we're taking on and putting on this person right you know? <laughs> right well, it, and it, I think it's so important because like, so I have a, I have a history with sexual assault and I've had people come into my office that have that mm -hmm. experience and it, I have to separate my experience from theirs. It's not fair to them. This is their space, not mine. Right. But if I hadn't taken that space for myself, it would be impossible for you to separate. Um, and to acknowledge that we have these pains and we have these things also. Like it's the same thing if someone comes in who's grieving and we've just lost someone close to us. How, do, how can we separate that and not ultimately make it about us? Right, right. 
it's it's about finding that place of empathy, right? And then being yes. able to to co-create in that space and say, God loves you. I hear you. Now let's let's go. You know, what do you, you know, and just hear that person truly, just truly hear them instead of listening to respond or, you know, oh, here's how I've dealt with it, right? It's just that listening, you know, which which we're really, really bad about, right? Because we're like, yeah. oh, I I've experienced that. Let me unpack my part, right? Instead of just going, <laughs> oh, I hear you you know, which is what most people need at the end of the day, is just somebody to hear them. And I think we do that some, somewhat because we want to be heard. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely we do. Which I think is why a therapist, like I love that I go to see a therapist once or twice a month, depending on, you know, like right. my schedule um, and what's going on in my life, because that is a space where someone just hears me. Right. And Absolutely. I need that too. I want to be heard and understood and known. Yeah. That 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 and was something I that I did with this. I'm paying them. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but that that was something that I did when I moved into this appointment uh, for the for the couple of months before and after I moved it was some really deep therapy uh, to heal and get into the right space or any kind of healthy space to come and leave the churches that I was coming to because um, it was rough. And had I not had that, I don't know, I don't know if I'd be sitting here, uh, or at least able to have this kind of conversation uh, in, in any kind of healthy way. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we get so beaten up <clears throat> in our congregations. Um, you know, the, the just the consistency of just really being beat on. And some of it's intentional, some of it's not intentional. And, 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 and that's always hard to, to wrestle with and to deal with. And you know, we do need uh, as clergy to create that space. And I think if we're honest about it with our congregation and saying, hey, you know, I, I've i got a team of therapists because you all drive me crazy. I mean, you know. And, <laughs> and, and, I want to quit you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I want to say that you're going to hell too. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I think the, those conversations that we have, those honest conversations, uh, not only just from the pulpit, but from just, you know, when you have those one-on-ones with people and they like, you know, do you think I'm crazy? Cause I'm going to counseling. I'm like, no dude, like, no, please go. <laughs> I go, I go once or twice a month or you know, four yeah, or five times yeah. a, a week. Right. Cause I need it. You know, like your EAP pays for at least eight visits. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like so, that's for a reason, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you're and, a person. And, and I think that that's key. And, I, and I'm glad that you're willing to, to shine a light in that in this podcast. And uh, we'd be glad to, once you guys get that up and going, send us a little note and we'll be glad to share that and reshare this interview with uh, people so that way they can hear this conversation to maybe uh, go and listen to you all's conversation. Cause I think you guys are going to do some really great things. Cause absolutely. I really do believe that it's been one of the worst things that we've ever done for, for, for humanity is to, um, not have honest conversation about this, but we're willing to talk about other things. You know, we're, yeah. we get super serious about those stupid coffee mugs that we want to print on. But, <laughs> but when it comes to mental health, like, oh no, I'm not gonna talk about it. That's it. And you all know what I'm talking about. You, you know, the, you know, those, yes. you know, like, my gosh, that carpet's got to be red. I don't care what you say, Pastor. That carpet's got to be red. But I was in a church growing up, um, which was completely nameless, and my dad was the pastor and. Um, so we were sitting in a meeting and we decided we needed to re-carpet the sanctuary. 13 months of a carpet committee, 13 months to choose a different shade of red. <laughs> 
And then what do they say the first week? Pastor, can we use white grape juice so it doesn't stain the carpet? Of course. No, no, we can't. <laughs> but I, I mean, I understood they had spent 13 months. There was a lot of emotional, you know, time and energy put, put into this. And, and I think they probably looked back and thought they were silly too. But yeah, I mean, I, we get so caught up in the institution. My husband calls it castle maintaining instead of kingdom building. All right. I just call it coffee cup conversations because I sat in, I sat in a 14 hour meeting just talking about a coffee cup <clears throat> and we still never made a decision about said coffee cup. Yeah. And it's uh, hard because it we're called hard. to love these people, you know, <laughs> right. called or forced? <laughs> I would say called. I would really say called because I mean, there's been times where I'm, you know, like, man, I get to do this. This is fun. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Then there are days where I'm like, I have to do this. <laughs> this is this is bigger than. But me. I think it's important for us to acknowledge that they feel that way too. Mm-hmm. Like that, I get. I really love my pastor. Mm, I have to really pray to love my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my joke is, I'll stay as long as you all will have me. <laughs> yeah. Because I know the moment yeah. that they don't want me around, I can you know I can say, hey, I I need to move or. Um, call other friends and say, hey, do you got us some openings? Because I could, I could, I, <laughs> I I could like, use a change. I feel really blessed to be, I mean, in a congregation that is really, is really wonderful and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this has been, even though this is, this has been a tough, uh, the, 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 they're dealing with having a younger pastor. So that's, that's something they're grieving yeah. on. And they're, you know, they're still grieving their pastor, but I also found it to have been one of the healthier congregations I've worked in, in the sense of, you know, you need to go spend time with your family. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I? Yes. Like, <laughs> or can I just yes, go hang out with my friends? Yeah. Like, I, I've, it's been a while since I've, I mean, I've had that in most of the congregations I've served. I've been thankful that I've had that in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, I, and I would hope that we all get to experience that um, yes. somewhere along our ministries. And so, um, you know, once you get the links and stuff to where you guys are posting all the stuff, we'd be glad to share that. Um, so once we get all that, uh, do you have a name for your podcast? Yeah, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm going to say without him. Um, I think we're going to call it instructions for living a life. Okay. Based off of Mary Oliver. Um, we're really excited. We, we have music. Nice. Um, you know, we wish you the best in your podcasting ventures and, um, you know, we'd love to have you back on once you get it going and you can kind of share with us what's going on. And, you know, we, you know, that invitation's open or, you know, if you guys want to write a blog post, you know, we, we'd be glad to, to share that. Cool. And so, Thank you. um, you'll know that the invitation is open and, um, we want to encourage our listeners to go on our website at beardedtheologians.com and check out all the, the gifts and stuff that we have that you can buy for, you know, Father's Day is approaching and it would be a good yes. thing to buy your father a, a coffee mug or a <laughs> go uh, coffee mug. Go back to <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we actually have ours made. Like, we have really great. So, oh, okay. <laughs> we, have, we, we have several styles of coffee mugs. See, no shame in our game. Um, but we also have some other stuff through Zazzle, and you know, if you need a good Father's Day gift, it's a good little gift for your for your father uh, or mother or anything else that you need to buy a gift for. Uh, uh, but you got an open invitation to come back on anytime. Um, Thank you. And and talk about uh, the work that you all are doing with podcasts and and everything else that you do. Uh, but again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And for everybody else out there listening, uh, check out beardedtheologians.com for all of our past uh, podcasts and uh, blog links. Uh, 
as well as you can go on and buy stuff and help support the podcast. And um, for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Zach Bechtold. And I'm Matt Franks. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.